Sports Cage podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Order your favorite CBH menu items from the comfort of your home with Skip the Dishes. Your host, Derek Taylor. 407 on a Friday. 49 and one half hours. Zinger, always keep me honest on the math. 49 and one half hours before Super Bowl 56. 5.30 p.m.? Correct. Usually it starts at like 6, though. Like Usually it's like a half hour. I don't know. That's what it seems like anyways. They always lie to you with that, They lie to you. And then you get all ready and prepared, and then you're done all your snacks by kickoff. That ain't good. It's malarkey. Yeah. This is what it is. I want I mean, to change. You finish your snacks like 90 minutes before kickoff, so you're hungry again just in time for halftime. But right before, that's straight malarkey. Mm-hmm. TV always lies to us. We're going to be talking halftime today with Devo, aren't we? Yeah, Devo Play 92 is going to come by. Uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop, maybe, maybe Snoop, <laughs> because some trouble came knocking at Snoop's door today. Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige. What will be the first song? I don't know how. I can't remember. What were you Nowadays, doing everybody want to talk. They got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. I'll just stop they forgot there. forgot about Dre. Yeah. You got to have forgot about Dre in there somewhere, yeah. right? Is it going to be the first one? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah. Bum, bum. That's what I was trying bum, to do. Bum. Y'all know me, still the same old G. We're going (laughs) to rap a lot in this one. Uh, I think there are wagers out about what's going to be the first song. I think it's that one. It's perfect name for it. And You know, you you guys forgot about Dre. Here I am, halftime show. It could be. Good intro for it. Uh, It can't be Mary J. We'll bust this up with Debo. Mary J. Blige isn't coming out first, I don't think. I don't think Snoop comes out first because Snoop is super. Snoop is cool. Snoop is coming later on. That's how I feel about right? Eminem, though, because if if you bring him out not at the beginning, but like a few songs in, that's yeah. when like the crowd will erupt. Like that's what you want, right? You don't want to. Yeah. You don't want it to peak at the beginning. So you're down to then Kendrick Lamar and Dr. Dre. Dre's got to be on stage for the whole time, right? Because he's the one who's collab with all these artists. Right? so But you're not leading off with Kendrick Lamar, I don't think. So then with that said, maybe it's not Forgot About Dre since Eminem's such a huge part of that song. Maybe. Mind blown. At seven and a half to one, it's California Love by oh. Dr. Dre. California Love. A nice Tupac cover. Right? Oh, I would love that. I welcome everybody to the <laughs> wild, wild west and something, 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 Elliot Ness. I don't know the lyrics, but yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's that. my bet. And, and uh, Devo will have some thoughts. Devo is really into the music. The halftime shows, we'll talk about the, the interesting history of the halftime show I was reading yesterday. But a bunch of Super Bowl talk with Luke Mullender as well. Sarah Orleski at 5.30 to talk Jets, but she's an NFL fan, so she'll weigh in on that. Aaron Karolnik. Our gambling guru at 4.15, breaking down the best prop bets. Where do you go with the Rams, a four-point favorite? And, of course, we'll take your texts and calls as well. Sports Cage on a mon- on a Friday. Friday, right? Not Monday? Yeah. Uh, thank goodness it's not Monday, <laughs> DT. Scaring me here. Brought to you by Nelson Homes, <laughs> supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Day four of CFL free agency. Not a ton of news around the league. The Riders re-signing Justin Herdman-Reed to a contract. It'll be his second year in green. Uh, number, gosh, he was 50. I forget. Uh, this was my problem with the, with the Herdman-Reeds <laughs> last year. I thought, okay, just take dramatically different numbers. And then Jordan took 53 and Justin took 58. I'm like, well, 
53 and 58 couldn't be more alike, honestly, when you're seeing them from the booth. And they're they're no they're no way the same player. Yeah, especially when the jersey starts to get rolled up in the front there underneath the, right? the chest plate of the shoulder pads. Yeah. And you know, Jordan is a little bigger, Justin's a little leaner. So Justin Herdman Reed will be back for folks who have said, Well, what about their depth at linebacker? They look great with their starting linebackers. What about their depth? Well, here's a little bit of depth behind Micah Tights and a guy who can contribute on special teams. So the Riders happy to have Justin Herdman Reed. Uh, back under contract. The Bombers making a signing that Farhan Lalji told us on Wednesday, pretty expected. Brandon Alexander returns to the team, their safety, and he does so on a two-year deal. They're getting two-year deals from these dudes. They Two-year deal? Previously had a three-year with Willie Jefferson, I think. They got a two-year when Winston Rose returned. Like, yeah, and this just, will be Alexander's fifth year with the Bombers now. Like, He's been around for a while. We're talking half a decade here. That's kind of rare for... CFL players these days. Whatever the magic is that uh, Mike O'Shea and the Bombers have. Something's in the Winnipeg water. You right. Know? It's something that they're drinking. But, like Arash said yesterday, uh, they did They did that, They did. did Andrew Harris. Uh, uh, did, a little dirty. Dirty. did a little dirty here. Come on down to Saskatchewan, <laughs> and I don't need any reminders on the old text line like I was getting yesterday about, well, what about how the Riders did this guy? I don't remember. La, 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 <laughs> la, la. Bring him down. Bring him down. Bring him down the highway. Because the Grey Cup is here. So Justin Herdman Reed under contract. The Bombers getting that Brandon Alexander. And the signings that we knew about now starting to leak out. Shaq Johnson to the Red Blacks, blah, blah, blah. Plenty more CFL talk to come with Luke Mullinder. We will reflect. Plus, actually, I have kind of an in-depth question for Mullinder at 5.05. Because he very much likes to talk about and pat guys on the back for their great special teams work. As I looked at some old film... Uh, by which I mean the West Final, the Riders have now in free agency lost their two outside gunners on punt team. In that game, it was Luchez Purifoy and Ailey Buka. Kind of want to know if that's a big deal. Mm. Mullinder will be able to step us through that, among other Rider topics, when he joins us at 5.05. It is 4.13. We'll talk Super Bowl with Aaron Karolnik next in the cage. It's 4.16 with the afternoon rush. The Canadian women's hockey team is... Heading to the semifinals at the Beijing Olympics, Canada rolled to an 11-0 win over Sweden in quarterfinal play on Friday. It was uh, the first Canada-Sweden game at the Olympics since 2010 when the Canadians won 13-1 in Vancouver. And it was a tough day for Canadian curling with losses from both Brad Gushu and Jennifer Jones. And I had a tankard update here. Looks like Flash is up 4-3 still over Matt Dunstone in uh, the fifth end here, DT the tankard yeah that's the a final they both whacked their opponents last round uh was it a four spot from flash yeah. in the third yeah yeah that gave them the lead all right uh time to talk some super bowl and time to talk some super bowl related gambling with our guru from tsn edge aaron karolnik uh let first off uh the first chicken wing that you pick off the pile, I'm going to say drumsticks at minus 180 flats at <laughs> plus 160 and I even with the I gotta pay the juice and go drumstick. <laughs> Being an odds maker, DT, is clearly in your blood. And in your next life, that's where you gotta go because you're spot on. If you're not into the drums, if you're a flats person, just doesn't make any sense to me. It's 
It's absurd. Drums are vastly superior oh. in every respect. You don't have to rip anything apart, Zinger, to get the juicy meat out of there. I like the flats. <laughs> You're a flats guy. I do. I, oh, I like. I like the first. I like the first bite into the flats, and then you kind of separate it with one of the fingers. You know, I I enjoy the battle. You gotta put your head down and try to get that meat out of there. You know. We got to go for wings because we'll be a perfect match. I'll go drum, you go flat. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. Well. One thing, DT, we had James Duffy, revered TSN host on this morning on my show. He doesn't like any kind of wings, drums or flats. That's the most outrageous of all takes. Does he just sit in the corner at the Super Bowl party with his jar of almond butter sticking his finger in it? Like, is that his meat? I'm on. Come on. You know what his you know what his go-to Super Bowl meal is, James Duffy? Chili. I like chili, okay. but not for the Super Bowl. Come on. You get the Western pizza. You get the wings. You're ready to rock. I like the way you put that uh, Western pizza. Hotline is where we find Aaron Karolnik on this one. The Rams, a four-point favorite playing in their home stadium against the Bengals. The total, 48 and a half. Do you have a feeling where you would go on either of those? I feel in all week I've been trending in this direction. It's kind of the head versus the heart, right? Where my head says, take the Rams, the battle in the trenches, the Rams D-line against the poorest Cincinnati O-line. And even if you look at the other way around, the Rams O-line has an advantage over the Bengals D-line. Yep. And I just keep trending and trending in that direction. And what keeps bringing me back to center is Joe Burrow and his history in big games. It is an unassailable resume for Mr. Burrow dating back to his time in LSU. Not only 7-0 and in those big games, DT, 7-0 and against the spread. And you know that's where <laughs> the money is made. So, Burrow, as much as it pains me, I'm going with my head here, which is the Rams' finest score. But my heart so desperately wants to back the Bengals. Just can't do it. Yeah. The games are won in the trenches, and I think ultimately – that's where this game will be won. That 7-0 stat, just for people who don't know, that's that's Burrow in must-win games, like losing your done games in his career? Yeah, so dating back to the college football playoff, for instance, earlier this playoff run for the Bengals, you look at games against Tennessee, of course, Kansas City in the conference championship game. Yeah, Burrow's won, and of course, Oakland, Las Vegas as well to open up the playoffs. So yeah, right. Burrow hasn't lost one of those games Yet, hasn't lost against the spread. Will this be the first? I mean, it's got to happen at some point for him, but <laughs> at least at this point, he's been uh, perfect in these games and wouldn't surprise me at all that he keeps it up. But I do think um, I am leaning Rams at this very moment. Rams minus four. So that leads us to who's going to be the Super Bowl MVP. And it makes perfect sense that Matthew Stafford would be the favorite at plus 140. Joe Burrow at two and a half to one. Cooper Cup five to one. Aaron Donald all the way down to eight to one right now. Uh, Jamar Chase of the Bengals fourteen to one. OBJ twenty two to one. Those are the top six. Do you like any of those at the price offered? You know what's the most remarkable about this Super Bowl and the way that the Super Bowl MVP betting is going? Never before has the most handle, and when I say handle, the most money being bet on a Super Bowl MVP been a defensive player. This is the first year Aaron Donald. More than 50% of Super Bowl tickets at various sportsbook at the MVP. Remember, he was plus 2,000. He was 20 to 1 to start. Yeah. Now, as you mentioned, all the way down to 8 to 1 or, or perhaps 9 to 1, depending on where you look. I can't pay that type of, of money. I love Aaron Donald. Don't get me wrong. I think I would play the game script of the Rams D-line dominating Cincy in a different way. I would go with Vaughn Miller. You can find him at 35 to 1. 
And I would take Leonard Floyd at 150 to one. Ooh. Those guys are, those guys are inferior pass rushers to Aaron Donald. Of course, we know that to be the case, but if you just go by the script that a lot of people portend will lead, lead the way for the Rams to beat the Bengals, which is their D line, the rack up the sacks, maybe a strip sack, maybe some kind of forced fumble that will lead to a touchdown. I think those two gentlemen in particular are the ways to play it in my idea. Cause eight to one for a defensive player. I mean, it's happened 10 times in the last 40 years, I suppose, or a non quarterback, I should say has won it 10 times in the last 45 years. Yeah. Defensive players, very rare. It would take, a remarkable performance. Well, he'd, he'd have to have three sacks. And are you really eight to one that he's going to get three sacks? You could probably go to the board and find him to have three sacks at a way, way higher price if you, if you think that's the way. That's nuts. Uh, I have two for you because I don't see uh, – Stafford's obviously the favorite. Burrow, I would love to put some on Chase, but he was – I mean, he had, what, six catches for 54 yards last week? Uh, here's here's what I did. This is the game script under which the Bengals would win this game. Uh, remember Dexter Jackson when he was mm -hmm. the MVP? And you're like, who the hell is Dexter Jackson? <laughs> a, a couple of interceptions, and Matthew Stafford can throw some interceptions. No one threw more picks than him in the regular season. So I, I took a half a schmeckle on Vaughn Bell, the Cincinnati safety, 200-1. to one. And I put the other half of Schmeckle on the other safety, Jesse Bates, at 300-1. to one. And you know what? A couple interceptions in a Bengals win, and uh, I'm going home rich. I think there's a lot of idea. I think I might get a couple of Schmeckles of my own on those two plays, DT. I think that makes a lot of sense. And just looking at Stafford in totality, 17 picks in the regular season, nine picks in his last seven games, and on the other side, the Bengals have been a takeaway machine of a football team in these playoffs. Remember the three interceptions on Ryan Tannehill and the two on Patrick Mahomes in the conference championship. So perhaps uh, I'm with you. And it's always more fun. I, I remember when the Bucks beat the Chiefs or uh, yeah, the Bucks beat the Chiefs in last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. I loved Brady to win Super Bowl MVP. I think he was like plus 280 or something just because I like the Bucks to win the game. And generally speaking, the quarterback is the one who will reap the rewards and even going back to the previous year with Patrick Mahomes winning it over Daryl Williams, a running back who should have won that MVP. I still maintain, <laughs> and I may have been holding a 50 to one ticket on him. He had 140 yards and two touchdowns. It was a joke, but I, I love the, I love the creative thinking and it just makes the game so much more exciting, right? Where an interception from Jesse Bates oh. and the entire city of Regina is just lit up with excitement. On your behalf. Oh, it's going to be raining Western pizza if that one comes through. I guarantee. <laughs> He's Aaron Karolnik of TSN Edge, TSN Radio, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, we'll need to talk about first song at halftime, but first, give me the, the player prop that you most love at this moment. Well, the one I played earlier in the week is Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, over 59 and a half. Now, that has moved significantly. I saw it this morning at 65 and a half. So you're talking about six full yards over the course of a week in the Super Bowl, which implies there's a lot of people who share my thinking. Here's the way I look at Cam Akers. Is he going to get the absolute full workload for the Rams? Probably not. I think you could bank on 75% of the carries. For Cam Akers, you'll see Sonny Michelle, you'll see Daryl Henderson sprinkled in as well. But keep in mind, Akers has gone up against some of the most difficult and stout run defenses in the NFL since his return from his Achilles injury. The Arizona Cardinals rank 11th in the league. And then he went against the Bucs and the Niners, two top five run defenses. He's got the Bengals now 
who were gashed by Kansas City by Williams and Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon just two weeks ago, and they ranked 23rd against the run, uh, at least as far as yards per carry go. I think Cam Akers, the overs make a lot of sense. And if we're talking about Super Bowl MVPs, a running back has not won Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis yep. in 1998 with the Denver Broncos. But maybe if Cam Akers can go off for 100-plus, score a touchdown, and Stafford and Cup are muted a little bit offensively, it's not the defensive line showdown that we expect for Donald and Miller, et cetera. Perhaps Cam Akers at 35-1, to 40-1 to 1 could make a little bit of sense, TT, as well. I feel like you're going to be mad about that one in two years when that when that actually happens, but they give it to Stafford. Like, you're going to be mad oh, again. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Let's just say I haven't, I haven't slept in um, almost 600 cal- 700 calendar days. Daryl Williams deserved that Super Bowl MVP. He was robbed. All right, couple minutes left. Uh, halftime show, Snoop, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, and uh, Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, yes. The big prop bet is what will be the first song. And I'm trying to science this out and strategize this together and who's going to be out first and who's going to perform first. Uh, give me where you would go on what's the first song. We discussed this on the TSN Edge Prop Masters, California Love. So we know it's going to be played. The game is being played in California. They're going to play California Love. So you have that in your back pocket already. You know the song is going to be played. It's just a matter of is it first, is it last, perhaps somewhere in the middle. That's where I would lay my money. I think you articulated it very well in the segment, DT, just why it makes all the sense in the world. Whether or not it opens or closes the show, I think that is up for debate. I also hope your listeners have been privy to you rapping the entirety of Lose Yourself by Eminem. And if not, get the text line humming in there, Zinger, because we need to hear DT lay, lay, da- lay it down, much like a young Marshall Mathers. But I would go with California Love, plus 240. I just think that offers the most cost certainty of all songs because you know it's going to be played. You just hope it's played first. Yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to cause too much excitement. I saw it up to seven and a half to one because some information has leaked out about, oh, we, it's going to be this song, right? That that late g- game is approaching information that could be total nonsense. So California Love now it's seven and a half to one. It's it's got the perfect wind up. I mean, we remember Tupac through it. Dr. Dre can be the first one on stage. He'll be on stage for the whole thing. It's the perfect song to lead with. Just a quick CFL Grey Cup related story for you. And I'm right. sure you remember this back in 2019. It was Keith Urban who was playing the Grey Cup halftime show. And we at TSN were were privy to the kind of the set list. We knew how many songs he was going to play. At least we thought we knew because I think the over-under was six and a half songs on various sports books. And I saw on the list it was going, he was going to play eight songs. So I was like, wow, this is the all-time free money bet. Thank the Lord that I work at TSN. However, I did not anticipate there would be a technical malfunction with the <laughs> with the rollout of his stage, which meant he only played six songs instead of the previous scheduled eight. And let's just say my friends, who also tailed me on that oh, wager, no. were not impressed. <laughs> Hanging you in effigy. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not great. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Aaron underscore Karolnik. Watch his stuff at TSN edge. Thank you, brother. Enjoy the big game and enjoy those drumsticks. 
Oh, you know I will. Thank you, DT. Aaron Karolnik with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. Flats, hey? Flats instead of drums. Team flats. Like, preferable to, to drums, or you just, you know what, you're not against them? No, I'm not against I, Like, I'm, I'm not complaining when I pick up a flat, you know? It's like, hey, man. They're, I, I feel like they're easy to eat. Sometimes with the with the drumsticks, you get like the weird texture towards the top there, and the so, cartilage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you okay. know, you know. Usually the flats are just pure meat. When you're in a chicken wing eating contest, those are the ones that kind of slow you down a bit because you got to break yeah. them. And but then the the bones are small, so you can just hoover the meat off pretty quick. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. good at eating the flats. It's like an art. You should see me sometime. It's like. Couple nibbles, a nice slide with the finger. Voila, you're book, done. Book it. Zinger and I doing an Instagram <laughs> live and a local wing joint coming very, very soon. It is 4.30. Chase the Ace is next. Your chance to win more than $40,000 if you draw the Ace of Spades. That plus Luke Mullender at 5.05. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Four thirty-three on a Friday, forty-seven thousand six hundred and sixteen dollars. As I do the math, adding up the weekly and the grand prize jackpot. Cindy Fuchs, we're giving away some money here in Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Chase the Ace, very exciting once again. My favorite day of the week. Friday, <laughs> Chase the Ace, give money away. Can't get better. Very good. All right. We'll talk a ton about this. Have your tickets ready. This is week number 12, so there are 41 cards remaining. Cindy, let's get a winner, and then you and I can chit-chat. You bet. The wheels are turning. We and have a winner. We have a winner. Cecilia Twist from Prince Albert. Go. Cecilia Twist of Prince Albert. Zinger will make three attempts to get Cecilia on the line. Uh, if uh, she does join us, she'll be able to pick a card between 1 and 52. If not, I will do it for her. I am 0 for 2 thus far, but looking for a little redemption. It's very exciting. So now this we're... This is our first winner in Prince Albert. Is this, it really? This year. Yeah, this year. Because we've had, well, we've had just... Or Regina. Seems like just about everywhere. We've had some Saskatoons. Yeah, we've we had have. some of our smaller cities. So yeah. The, yep. I I have my close close up glasses, so I can't see that far away to the board of of who's won thus far. But hey, we're we're over that forty thousand dollar mark, so that's great for the jackpot. Yeah, it is. We're really excited to be able to give that away. If they pull the Cody card, that's what they win. There we go. The Ace of Spades uh, is waiting. Uh, we should say uh, none of this happens without the folks at Viterra helping support what you guys do at the foundation. Yeah, Viterra is a fantastic supporter of both the football club and now the foundation as well. And through Chase the Ace, they're also supporting um, football all over this province. Yeah. Where, do, where does it all go? I mean, the, the money they come in, half of it will go to the winner. And hopefully it's much, much, much money. But where does the rest go? Yeah, the rest of the charitable part goes through the foundation. But the foundation supports amateur football. So all your elite teams, um, we do a lot of work with kids sport. We love supporting kids sport. There's about 68 kids that use kids sport funding for football in this province. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, mental health programming, some uh, work with, that we do with uh, inner city kids, feeding programs. Like there's a lot of things under health education and amateur football. Yeah. And I remember because we did this last year in the, in the heat of the pandemic when a lot of these teams couldn't play. Right. And they right. were so grateful to have the support of the foundation to keep them. It, 
I don't know if they were keep. Let's just say keep them going. I'll just throw it just to help keep them going. Yeah, keep them going, and you know, take a little bit of the pressure off of mm. trying to raise money because a lot of charities and a lot of these groups could not do their events. So uh, Chase Ace helped them do that. Now this year, it's going to help them get back on their feet. So get you know get programs for kids going again. Like we need kids playing um, sport. Yeah, we need kids doing the normal stuff, and uh, so this money will help do all of that. Yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, Cecilia Twist, yep. correct? Yep. Of Prince Albert. Again, I'm working on a thing where the reading glasses are on, they're off, the room's dark because Mosh likes it, likes the uh, the mood lighting in here. It's uncomfortable, but we, we go with that because <laughs> there we go. Uh, Cecilia Twist, the winner of $3,064. Zinger doing his best to, to get her on the line. Oh, if not, where am I going to go with this? Uh, gosh, this is Duke Williams' new number. Five is available. Kyron Moore's new number. Four is available. Hmm. hmm this is going to be a good one. This is going to be be good. Tell me, tell me why. Like, where did where did Chase the Ace idea come from initially? Uh, well. You know, we couldn't, we weren't playing football, so there's no 50-50 last year. So we did a little research and they, you know, Chase Ace happens in small communities across this province and they were doing it in uh, Toronto yeah. and it worked really well. So, hey, we said, well, well let's try it. Let's do it. And we did. Um, you know, you could win up to a million dollars if this goes all the way. <laughs> so yes. why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why not? All right, we've made three calls to Cecilia Twist of Prince Albert, unable to get her on the line. Uh, now, I don't get to keep her money, is that correct? No, sorry, Derek. Okay. You do not buy new glasses with her money. Well, these, these weren't a three-pack at Costco, so uh, <laughs> they are not cheap. $3,064 Cecilia will get. I will draw for her, and if I draw the Ace of Spades, the Cody Fajardo card, Cecilia will win 44000 $552 on top of the weekly jackpot. We That's should, right. We should point out that you would get both prizes. Uh, you know what? I am going to do it. Uh, if it's good enough for Duke Williams, I think it's good enough for Cecilia Twist or Prince Albert. Let's go with number five. Duke announcing on social media that he was going to take the number five, which was worn last year by Luchez Purifoy. I am beyond deliriously happy that Duke Williams is back. So this is the one for Cecilia. Cindy's got the envelope. She's got the paper. It's open, and it is the Ten of Hearts. I was, I was not even close. When you, you open it, and I see red. I just my heart drops. I'm like, nah, that's not it. No, I know. Yeah, you can kind of see color real quick, and then like, yep. oh darn, she's not winning. Well, Cecilia will get three thousand sixty-four dollars. Who gets to make that phone call? Who is it? Is that you? It'll be me. Yeah, I'm gonna phone her. Yeah, usually I I I try tonight on the way home, and then if not, I'll try first thing in the morning. And yeah, it's a fun phone call to make. They're so happy to win that money, and you know we have a little chat, find out a little bit, you know, why they buy, how many did they buy, and yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Has anybody hung up on you thinking it was a scam? Like that, oh, it's, you're like the CRA and just hangs up on you? Like, uh, or, or I didn't win a cruise, click. Well, I say who I am real quick. And Good. the minute I say the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, like, okay, I think we're okay. <laughs> you know, I think there's a safety net there somehow. I love it. I love it. All right. So the jackpot will roll over to next week. Yep. And people can start buying tickets. At 5 o'clock tonight. Which is only 21 minutes away because now i got my glasses on and I can see my watch. Where do I get tickets from? Go to Ryderville's um, Foundation 5050 and it's really easy. One for 10. Yeah. 10 for 20. 10 for 25. 
10 for 25. You and I got it wrong. Oh my gosh. We are 50 for 50. That's right. Yeah. 200, 200 for, for 100. 100. But got 10 it. for 25. That's right. Yeah. We got to practice that, Derek. I'm not. That really kind of rocks me to my core when I get numbers wrong. I, how much I, I love numbers. I uh, plus, you instituted this last time around and it still goes now. Uh, if I don't want to miss out, we've had some people who, oh, my husband forgot to buy it or I forgot to buy it. Subscriptions are available. Subscriptions are easily done. All you do is hit subscription and then it'll be buying your tickets for you every week. I love it. I love it. Cindy, thank you. Thanks for having me. This segment of the show for Nick's service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077 at 5 o'clock. You can get your tickets for next week's draw in the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Chase the Ace. Luke Mullender at 5.05. Talk NHL with Sarah Orleski at 5.30 on the cage. Sports ticker at 442. The Riders have signed Canadian linebacker Justin Herdman-Reed. Herdman-Reed played 13 regular season games last season, and he tallied five defensive tackles and five special team tackles. And this was made official today. The All-Star safety is returning to Winnipeg. Bombers signing defensive back Brandon Alexander to a two-year contract. The club announced on Friday 2022 will be Alexander's fifth season in Winnipeg. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right, 781-2090. 43, the tankard A-final in Whitewood. Remember Zinger in the first round uh, match, first round game, uh, Dunstone was down 5-2-8, and eight, then took three, and then stole one and ten to win? Yeah. Because they just kind of do that. They just get points back. Well, they gave up a four to Colton Flash in the third end, trailed four to one. They took two and four, as you told us last time. They now stole two and five. And Flash got one and six. There you go. So they got the lead back even without the hammer, held Flash to one in six. So it's five, five through six ends. Dunstone with hammer. So uh, they were in a bad spot after giving up four, but they've already fought out, and it's advantage Dunstone with four ends remaining. Saskatchewan heavyweights. Well, Badlin. They'll, they'll play here. And then uh, this would mean the winner of this goes on to the playoff round because this is the A final. The loser will drop down. It, it It's going to be Flash and Dunstone. Like mm-hmm. they, they took out the winners of the first round matches. What was it? 10-1 and 9-1? Like they absolutely clubbed. Yeah, 10, teams. 10-2, 9-1 last night. There we go. Yeah. Wow. So it's so far... And and Dunstone struggled a little bit. Like his rink struggled a little bit in that opening match of the first eight ends, but it just it's the first time they played together in a while though, right? Like we remember as Braden said. It, yeah. So takes a little bit to get your you know, get back in the groove, but now it looks like they're they're in that groove quite possibly because they're battling back. They were down four one, now it's tied up at five. Ooh. I... Feels like it it'll still be Dunstone Flash in the final as we uh, expect is that vehicle on fire? Okay, no, it is not. That's good. There is a fire though. I think in the distance, you see that. Smoke oh yeah, out there up to the northeast there. Yep. Okay. There, there is something going on there. We're at the corner of Twelfth and Rose, and it's not too terribly far northeast of us. But this is the corner of interest in the city, right? There's tuxedo guy that Drew would talk about in the morning times. Yesterday there were snowball throwers on yeah. the third floor of the parkade. That was that was something. Vehicles. There were snowball fights going on in this parkade up there. They were launching snowballs onto vehicles yesterday. That's not great. Yeah, it was not a great thing to see. So hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon again cuz that was kind of scary. That's dangerous. You can't be throwing that stuff off. Man, anyways. Yeah. 
Uh, we talked with Aaron Carolla a couple segments ago about Super Bowl wagers. I mentioned Jesse Bates and Von Bell, the Cincinnati safeties. Couple of random picks. Stafford throws some balls away to right at defenders. They get their hands on two of them in a Bengals win. I'm going to be very rich. Stefan and Tyner, our resident Bengals fan, who his snowman, Stefan, I believe, still exists. He uh, he had built a snowman in advance of the first game, Ooh. the Bengals playoff run, and he was going to go smash it if they lost to the Raiders. <laughs> that thing still exists. Uh, Stefan says, always bet on Bates, DT. He is lights out. Another good guy to keep an eye on, Mike Hilton. All right, we will check out Mike Hilton. Uh, yeah. Connie and Cooks Creeks. Uh, Connie says, "Come on, dudes! The halftime show is like bringing back Willie Nelson, Christopherson, Waylon, and Cash, or like having Neil Diamond, the Beach Boys, and Richard Marks together." Um, I I would be down to see Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, uh, Waylon. I would be down for that. Not gonna lie. So, but I I see what you're saying though. It's, I, it, it, yes, they're they're a bit oldie, but it's not like they're it's not like they're old old. I mean, they were in their prime. 90s into the 2000s they still make great music yeah so it's not like it's not like they've been off the map you know kendrick lamar gets them a little more yeah current eminem just put, put an album not too not too long ago but yeah i mean there was a time where the super bowl halftime show and it, it caught me off guard when i went back looking today the super bowl halftime show is now like the biggest show in the world right a hundred million people are going to watch Madonna or Bruno Mars or The Weeknd or Maroon 5. Like, this is the show of shows. If you go back into the 90s, like the early 90s, it was some marching band. Yeah. They would bring in some <laughs> college. It's the Stanford band. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah. So 1992, and we'll, we'll discuss more of this with Devo from Play 92 when he joins us. 1992, it was Gloria Estefan and a bunch of figure skaters doing the Super Bowl halftime show. And I was reading this article yesterday, and it talked about the history of the halftime show and how it's now such a big thing. That year, uh, In Living Color was like the show that tried to counterculture Saturday Night Live. It was where the Wayans Brothers started and, and fo Jamie Foxx and S Jim Carrey and stuff like that. Uh, they, and I, I had forgotten this, but I remember watching it, they kind of counter-programmed the halftime show with a 20-whatever-minute episode of In Living Color. Hmm. So you just flipped over, and then you flipped back, and, and you were good. The very next year, the folks who run the Super Bowl went, oh, okay, we got to get rid of that. Boom, Michael Jackson does the Super Bowl the next year. Wow. And from then on, it's been stars, and now it is stars and stars of stars. So uh, this is five stars, including a guy who won a Pulitzer Prize for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, like, come on. Uh, it's going to be good. It's, I haven't, it's I haven't good. looked forward to a halftime show this much in – a Super Bowl halftime show, like this much in a while. Like Keith Urban a few years ago in Calgary was one that I looked forward to. Uh, Shania Twain was the Grey Cup. The Grey Cup. Grey yeah. Cup. Uh, I think it was like 2016, 2017. She was 17 in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. Came out on a dog sled. Yeah, that was an awesome one. So yeah, this is going to be great. I just uh, the the one thing that's really cool about the Super Bowl halftime show too, not just the music, but obviously just everything else that goes into it. Like you never know if you're going to see like someone parachuting into the stadium <laughs> or like bungee jumping or you know, it's Didn't just Lady you, Gaga jump off the top of the stadium. Yeah, it was something. Quotations? Yeah, it was yeah. something like that. So, uh, the weekend. Shakira and Jennifer Lopez was a really good one for the 2020 Super Bowl. Maroon Five, Timberlake, Lady Gaga, Coldplay. Okay, I could see with. Beyonce, oh my God, Beyonce, Bruno Mars, 
Man, Janet Ka- Jackson, Katy Perry with the the sharks on, in the back. Yeah. yeah, Bruno Mars did it by himself. Beyonce and Destiny's Child, Madonna, like we're the stars and stars of stars. So. Yeah, those those sharks really took the internet by storm. I remember that year. Like, I don't know if that was like the first couple of years that like memes and stuff were popular, but like yeah. the sharks were talked about more than more than the game. That was well, craziness. There would end up. I'm sure there was a BuzzFeed quiz. Are you the left shark or the right shark? And yeah, would have just led you through. All of that uh, nonsense. Where are you on the Super Bowl? What what part of it do you look most forward to? Well, I I'm looking forward to see. Uh, well, I hope to see the Bengals uh, kind of control that Rams defense. I mean, Burrow can't be getting sacked as much as he has been. I don't think. Uh, I think I think this is going to be a, a low scoring game for some reason, though. I feel like it's going to be like a like a 23-23 type game in like the fourth quarter for some reason. But I hope the Bengals win it not only for their fans, but also their defensive captain, Sam Hubbard. He said they're going to win the Super Bowl for Harambe, <laughs> the, 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 the gorilla uh, that was oh at the God. Cincinnati Zoo. So uh, I hope the Bengals win it. And I hope they like put a bust of Harambe in like the Bengals Hall of Fame or something <laughs> alongside the Vince Lombardi trophy. I had not seen that. That's that's pretty good. That's yeah. good with, a, with a sense of humor. Here's why. I, I mean, I want the Bengals to win because I think it'd be great for Chase Burrow. The, the whole story is fantastic. But the Rams are have are been approaching this differently than every other team in the entire NFL. Right? Teams tank for draft picks, and we want to get the first pick. And we're the we're the Jaguars, and we stink. So let's go get Trevor Lawrence. The Rams have said, "Ah, you know what? Our first, our first and second round draft picks. Yeah, we don't care. Uh, take our, take our pick and take two first round picks and send us Jalen Ramsey. Take a, take a couple first rounders. I forget what the, what it was for uh, uh, Von Miller. Von Miller, thank you. Uh, I forget what it was, but nah, take those picks and we're good. And we'll, we'll, our first pick will be in the third round. And oh, by the way, we'll take a running back with that third round pick, our first one in the draft, because we're gonna do it totally differently with you. If they win." People are going to start to copy that because copycat league. Oh, mm-hmm. we don't need our first round picks. And it just seems absolutely contrary to how you should really be approaching everything. Yeah. To trade two as good as Jalen Ramsey has been, you could have had two first round picks instead of Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and the Rams don't have a first rounder for like a half a decade, I think, something like that. No. So like they're literally they sold everything to try to win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, so. like I think Goff was their last first-round draft pick. Yeah. And he was 2016, 14. Like, he was a long time ago. Yep. Uh, but they just they just don't care. They want to go get these star players. And, and the Bengals are complete opposite. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they did it the traditional way with their young quarterback, young core. So. Stink and tank and get the first overall pick. Stink again, get the fifth overall pick. Go through the... Jamar Chase versus Panay Sewell debate. Do you get the Do you get the receiver or the offensive lineman? And by the way, in the CFL too, get the receiver. Hmm. Get the receiver. Yes, please. You You have to. I mean, people are going to say, especially when you look at the Riders. Hey, who's going to protect Cody Fajardo? Absolutely a legitimate concern. Who is going to protect Cody Fajardo? But who's the second? Who's the highest paid non quarterback in the league? In Edmonton, Kenny Law. Kenny, yeah. three hundred thousand dollars. Who's after him? Shaq is up there. Duke. Yeah. Oh, Duke. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, I did that same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Duke Williams at 260. Highest paid offensive lineman makes 210. GMs are telling us in the Canadian Football League, receivers are more important than offensive linemen. 
And if GMs are telling it to us, and it's not nerds, nerds like me telling it to us. Yeah. If nerds like me, you might, ah, no, well, you got to build from the trenches. Well, then how come 2019 Darrell Walker made 275 grand? Because special receivers are special. Duke William, think of what the what you believe of the Riders 2022 season with Duke Williams and what you believe it would have been if they didn't sign Duke Williams. Ooh, we wouldn't have got that big touchdown in the West Final. We probably wouldn't be in the West Final, to be honest. Well, try to project this year. Like, if they had not signed Duke Williams, we would have been here going less comfortable with this. Yeah. BC's making a bunch of moves, and yeah. we're riding with Shaq, Paul McRoberts, and Kyron Moore, who's got to miss a few games. It's it's receivers. It's receivers. Why are the Rams here? Uh, honestly, they're not here if they don't go get Odell Beckham Jr., right? They're... Okay, and they're definitely not here if they don't haven't, haven't went and gotten Matthew Stafford, but no one's debating that quarterbacks are the most most important position in this game. Right. But is it because they have Andrew Whitworth at tackle? Meh. He's very good. <laughs> For a guy who's 40, he's very good. Is it is it because Von Miller? Is it because Aaron Donald might be the most valuable non-quarterback in the NFL, but is that why they're there? Meh. Ah, it's a little Cooper. mixture of everything, but when it, when it com- yards from Cooper cup probably has a real thing to do with this. And for the Bengals, they're like, they're receiving core like T Higgins and chase. I mean, yeah. Burrow, like that's what, that's why they're there. I mean, their defense is the most mediocre defense there, there is. Right. Yeah. And so. a left tackle would not have saved them. Yeah. Right. So. But think of the difference and chase might just be special, special. He might, right? He but might be like the best receiver receivers. in the league, right? As it sits right now, like Whoa. I know Devontae Adams. Aren't you a Packers fan? I know. Don't they own Devontae Adams' I know, contract. But like we're talking about his first year in the league, right? Uh, and he's like already put like Devontae took, uh, like four years to get those type of numbers. Like Devontae was a guy, uh, he wasn't as highly like picked as as Chase was, but like Devontae wasn't that good right away. And Chase is already almost on that level in his first year. It's crazy. Yeah. And and Justin Jefferson as well, unfortunately, in, in Minnesota's in the conversation. Uh, Brian's on a text line. Why the Bombers won the last two Grey Cups? Because of the lines. Brian, I would contend they've won the last two Grey Cups because they traded for Zach Caleros. Yeah, if they had to roll with Matt Nichols and Chris Strebler, they wouldn't have won anything. Yeah. They would not have won a thing because yeah. they would have been exposed by – Calgary would have outscored them, and they went, well, we got Strebler. What are we going to do, run the ball some more? Yeah. Quarterback. Wasn't it in, in 2019, didn't the Bombers, they, did they need to win like a couple games at the end of the regular season to make the playoffs? I remember like that one game in Calgary. I think they had a Or two- at home, they were playing Calgary. I can't remember this, this scenario, but regardless what, of what it was, like they wouldn't have made it anywhere if they didn't have a quarterback playing in those games. Oh, yeah. This revolution wasn't going to be doing it. They finished three games ahead of Edmonton, so they were in, but they were, yeah, they're... must have been battling for some playoff seating, is what I'm thinking of. But yeah, they would they would have had a chance to host Calgary in that game. They had to go to Calgary yeah. and then come here, and they won both on the road. Caleros, monster. Their offensive line is the best in the league. I will absolutely give you that in 19 and in 21 as well. So it certainly helps their defensive line. Fantastic, but if they don't have Caleros, they don't win that one. Was their offensive line better than receivers? They had the highest uh, run to pass rate in the CFL. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no question it helped. Yeah. That said, at the end of the Darwin day, Adams, Kenny Lawler, yeah. Nick Dembski, 
Charles Nelson, Janarian Grant, Lucky Whitehead, those kind of cats. At the end of the day, I think there there is like different types types of ways that you can win. It just depends like how good your sure. how good your players are at those particular positions. Like there's no one way to do it, but like obviously, you know, you can lean one way or the other, but there's no like template of what? How to win? Who was in the Super Bowl when the Kansas City Chiefs won? They were playing the Niners, right? And the yeah. Niners did did Garoppolo throw the ball fifteen times in that game? Horrible. <laughs> they, they are there are different ways to go about it. Yeah. You'd love to be strong everywhere, absolutely. But yeah. if it was Duke or any offensive lineman in the league, give me Duke all the time. Four fifty-eight news is next. Five o'clock hour. Luke Mullender and Sarah Orleski. The Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Seven on a Friday for Nelson Homes, brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages, RTMs for 65 years. Zinger, bring it up just a little bit. See, this is the song that should lead off the Super Bowl, because that little segment here can go for as long as they want before Dr. Dre finally brings it in, right? Perfect song. Perfect song. Speaking of perfect, Luke Mullender with us. What's up, dude? Oh, man, you're not lying about I, I heard there's going to be a Tupac hologram that's going to debut, so we very well might see that song um, in the rotation. But I've got something else, DT, today. Um, I, this is a judge-free zone, I hope, Rider Nation and DT. Okay. So, you know, it's been a heck of a week for me. I have been in meetings back-to-back literally all week, right? Maybe some 20 minutes from lunch here and there or something to eat. So today I'm a little bit tired, right? Energized but tired. So I say, yo, I don't want to disappoint everybody and just be some boring, bland dude that's falling asleep on, on the cage. I, I was looking forward to this. So I stopped by a coffee shop, DT. Okay. And I didn't. And for some reason, I was like, man, I don't want to just regular coffee. I, I, I drink black coffee. So I tried a latte. I've had a latte before. They're life changing. <laughs> okay. But DT, I, I tried a latte. And I asked the lady, I'm like, yo, what do, what do people do with these? I hear people coming in and ordering all these fancy things that cost like 20 bucks. Like, give me some variation, right? Like, I'm just, I'm in a creative mood. She goes, you know, what do you want? Sugar-free or, you know, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to eat healthier. You know, hey, give me, give me something sugar-free. You know, good for my mind at least. Okay. DT, Zinger. She put sugar-free caramel in here. <laughs> and I tell you what, guys. This is like a milkshake from McDonald's. Like, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing I've ever had, ever, that that does not include alcohol in it. Wow. Like, this was life change. Latte with, and it cost me like six seventy five. Like Ooh. right, so I felt like I was now doing the experience. You know, all those people that annoy you, they go into the Starbucks line, they order like six things, extra froth, extra blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, man, this thing was amazing. Wow, Luke uh, Mullender, anyways. touting sugar-free oh, caramel as the as the syrup of a new generation. All right, just bougie as bougie <laughs> as hell right now, DT. Bougie it. as hell. I love it. Uh, so that has changed dramatically in our world. Are are we also ready for a world where the Ottawa Red Blacks are Grey Cup contenders? Because you and I together have never had that world, dude. I I remember texting you. I said, man, it. I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that we're going to have to look, you're going to have to look for a team that a different team for guaranteed win night DT. Yeah. Uh, 
That is, I'll tell you what, man, I've always, and I said that, you know, when, when Sean Burke got hired, I was like, man, that's a guy who's waited in line. He's, you know, he's, you know, and, and what I know from, from experience with working him, I, I knew working with him, I knew he was going to get in there and roll his sleeves up, but uh, they've, they've turned that roster around completely. It's a totally different roster. And, and, and as impressive as it is, again, you, we, we got to go back guys as impressive as it is. And it doesn't look like guaranteed win night is part of nations, the nation's capital anymore. You don't win championships on paper. We all know that. And what the Ottawa Red Blacks have done now is they've removed the excuse. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse in Ottawa now to not compete. So now it's solely on the shoulders of Paul Lapolice because their defense was decent last year. Their special teams were outstanding. You know, Benavides and, and, and uh, special teams coordinator, who's the name escapes me right now for some reason, even though he coached me, um, um, they, they were they were in line and it was the offense. And now there's really no excuse that that team has to be competitive. That team has to put it together because, again, you don't win championships on paper, but they're looking they're looking to change the narrative around about the Ottawa Red Blacks. I like it. Yeah, they've done a heck of a job. Someone reminded me, oh, hey, uh, DT, you were super high on the Elks into last season, and they ended up terrible. And both those things are, are absolutely true. I thought the Elks would contend for the best in, in the in the West. But the one thing that, you know, as the media we can't know is, are the coach and GM tearing it down from the inside? We can't really know that, right? We just have to look at Ottawa adding all this talent and go, well, if Lapolis does what he's done over a decade plus and Benavides does what he's done over a decade plus, they could be trouble. They might be atrocious because maybe they're the wrong dudes for whatever, but on the surface, like when your receiving core is Jalen Acklin, RJ Harris, BJ Cunningham, uh, Darvin Adams, plus a couple of Canadian options in there, you've really come a long way from where you were last year. Yeah, no excuse. Like I said, right? Like yeah. we all know. I think that if if if, if you looked at Paul Lapolice as an offensive coordinator, there there were probably some shortcomings. Um, but yeah, there's literally they got the talent now, and that's that's everything we always talk about, right? Everybody always wrote off, wrote off Ottawa. Poor suits, poor TSN. They always had to make try to find a way to make the Ottawa game sound interesting whenever it was on TSN, right? Like yep. now, now things are happening in the nation's capital, and that's a good thing. And uh, because you guys know that that this this league needs their Eastern teams to be uh, competitive and and to be a to be a bright spot, and and right now it's lining up to look that way. Yeah, at least for Ottawa. For sure, yeah. Uh, Toronto, to me, is going to take a step down. Montreal might well. I I don't know what Edmonton is building quite yet. We may not know until training camp there, but things are, are looking good in the nation's capital. I wanted to run this by you. Uh, we've talked a bunch about guys the Riders have lost, right? Micah Johnson to Hamilton, Luches Purifoy to BC, Ed Ganey was talking today uh, to Edmonton and on and on. But one that came this week was Ailey Buka to the Calgary Stampeders, the University of Calgary guy going back home to the Calgary Stampeders. What, as you look at that, what kind of loss is Ailey Buka? Well, I'll tell you what, when we got on here last week, right before free agency started DT, you and I talked and I said that, Hey, like the riders were positioning themselves to be competitive in the free agent market. They were positioning themselves to be influencers in the free agency market. And, and, and right now you can send, you continue to see losses of, of key components. And I, I 
right? Like Jordan Herdman, great, right? You've got a, a guy that's going to play special teams. I really look at Ailey Buka as a guy who who, who developed, um, who really the light came on a little bit. And I think that with the amount of injuries that this secondary experienced last year, if I'm strategic and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, what do I do to mitigate some of the things that we had happen to us last year? One of those things would be, I need guys who can play a number of positions because of this short roster space we have. Right. And Ailey Bluka was a guy that did that for them. And um, to see this continuous um, sort of this continuous just leaking, I guess you would say of the roster. It, 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 I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not mad at people that are, that are, that are not disappointed, but that are anxious about where we stand right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you're looking at the new acquisitions. You're, you, you, you see da- Derek Moncrief, which is great. You see uh, Nate Rogers, which is an offensive lineman that, right. You see Tommy champion on the O line. Um, John Armstrong's another offensive lineman. Um, you know, Sankey we made a lot about Darnell Sankey um, and and maybe you throw James Tuck as someone in there that, that you're excited about. But really, you know, there hasn't been that splash that it, it, it looked like Jeremy O'Day was positioning himself for. Um, there may, of course, free agency isn't over. Right. But you, you really you really wonder, OK, you know, what what are they thinking in that? Um, coaches room like how are they looking at the roster that they have and is this a coaching staff that's really confident in some of the guys that they have there but more importantly is this a coaching staff that's just really confident in their ability to teach the guys right and Mm. you've seen it in Ben Olsen you've seen it in Steven Sorrell's well, if that's the case, you know, they're going to need to be great teachers. They've got some key components coming back through re-signings, right? Like it's not, it all, it hasn't been all doom and gloom in Rider Nation, right? You brought back Evan Johnson. You've got Logan Ferland. That should, you know, those are some bright spots, young spots on the offensive line. Taron Vaughn, you hope, you know, uh, materializes into the guy that we all want him to and think he can be. Josiah St. John is a guy there that, that plays that tight end spot. He's got some depth added, right? You've got Kyran, you've got AC, you've got Nick Marshall, um, you know, even guys like Paul McRoberts, who you would love to see more of, things like that. Mike Edom, who's, who's, who's going to be, uh, uh, you know, a leader on that defense. But again, you know, you, I'd, I'd really be interested to be a fly on the wall and, and hear how this coaching staff and how Craig Dickinson is really looking at his roster and what he sees in it and, and, and how they plan to attack it. For instance, with Darnell Sankey and, and, and um, uh, Derek Moncrief. Right. You know, one of the things that I look at right away, right, if you get some performance from one of those interior guys now that you don't have Micah, which, by the way, is humongous. Yeah, humongous loss. Just just like on that for one second, I've seen some rabble rousing that oh, Micah only made twenty tackles last year, so it's not that big a loss. Malarkey, yeah. league leader in tackles for a loss, uh, only had a couple of sacks. That dude influences the middle and does it in a variety of ways that aren't just bull rush. So Malarkey on yeah. that. Go ahead, Luke. No, no, I, I and I totally agree with you. One of the things that I look at now with the potential in this, I, I think that if you get some, if you get a good performance out of one of the interior guys, I think that essentially what this defense may turn out to be is a defense that that asks you to play in second and seven plus, 
a fair amount and challenges you and says, well, you know what, if you're going to beat us, it's going to have to be over the top with the big play because you're not getting it in the intermediate. And right. I really think that that might, might turn out to be the what because, you know, you've got a solid, solid linebacking crew. You've got the makings. Um, but again, the interior is going to be a concern, right? So the run game, that's going to be big. That's, you know, it doesn't matter about the stats. You're going to notice an immediate um, gap there um, if you don't have interior tackles that, that hold up the line of scrimmage that are able. And that was the thing about Micah Johnson. We talked about it on plenty of radio broadcasts. Micah Johnson played on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He made running backs make, he made running backs cut a lot earlier than the play was designed to have them cut. He made quarterbacks, um, take extra drops and extra steps in their drop more than they plan to on any given play that cannot go unappreciated so you're going to really need to see that in the interior but you know right now I mean you can't doubt Jason Shivers and his and his ability to put a scheme together yeah Sankey being the lead leader in tacklers are they thinking he cleans up more of that stuff in the middle because you're now Anthony Lanier and Wreck-It Ralph and Charbel DeBeer and then whoever else they might add, be it from the draft or the remainder of free agency, but that will be certainly something to watch. It's something that you all have been texting to us as a spot of concern for you for the Riders this season. The text line, powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealer. It's 306-936-6262. 519, we'll go to break on the other side. Ed Ganey, tongue-in-cheek on some comments about his time in Saskatchewan. We'll talk about that next on The Cage. 521 afternoon rush. The Canadian women's hockey team is headed to the semifinals at the Beijing Olympics. They've rolled Sweden 11 to nothing in the quarterfinal. It was the first Canada-Sweden game at the Olympics since 2010. And it was a tough day for the Canadian curling. Uh, losses by both Brad Gushu and Jennifer Jones. And an update from the tankard. It looks like it's 6-5 to five right now. Team Matt Dunstone over Team Flash in the 8th and DT. Ooh, Dunstone taking one in seven, eh? Oh, boy. Heating up. Trading ones back and forth. Back with Luke Mullender on the cage. Ed Ganey today is introductory press conference at the Edmonton Elks uh, talking about his rider gear. Says, I can throw that all away now. Burn it up or something. I can give it away. That'd probably be more productive, he said in a joking manner. Uh, I'm all in, man. If any rider fans are listening, y'all can get whatever y'all can from me when I'm in town. So when the Elks come back, find Ed Ganey. If you're like a, a, I assume he's like a large to a, an extra large, but not like large tall. Uh, he may have some stuff for you. Uh, honestly, I was surprised, says Ganey, but it's a cold business, I guess. Although I was surprised, I kind of saw it coming. So it is what it is. I just want to move on with my career. They moved on from me. So at the end of the day, I want to move on. The business you chose sucks, buddy. That's uh, I wanted. I wanted Ed here forever. Honestly, it's it sucks. Yeah, there's there's a couple ways you leave the game, right? You leave it on your own terms, or you leave it on someone else's terms. And unfortunately, you normally end up doing the latter, um, especially when it comes to teams and, and the environment that the Canadian Football League is in right now, where you have a lot of these one year deals, whether advantageous to the league or not. That's not the argument, but the, mm. the 
their argument is, you know, it just promotes the fact that guys might not be around in organizations for as long as people are used to. Right. Um, You know, with Ganey, one of the things that we have to remember here in Rider Nation is that is that we didn't get him when he was a spring chicken. We didn't. Right. Like we got him at the at at the tip of his prime and and as he was maturing into a a leader. Um, But I I do think that, you know, there was going to be some decisions made again for me. I was I was really I was okay with not having Purifoy or Ed Ganey. I wasn't necessarily as okay with not having either one of them. But again, this business rolls on, right? And that's yeah. why that's why when decisions are made like this, um, everybody always wants to talk about legacies. Well, legacies are really determined after the fact, right? So we're gonna look at Jeremy O'Day at the end of the day when O'Day's no longer with this organization, and we're gonna make the judgment call then and as to whether it was a successful um, GM tenure, and it'll probably include whether he won some great cups or not. But the, but the ultimately is 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 this business is is really hard, and that's why you have to understand that it is a business and. To be honest, like the gear thing, yeah, donate it, you know. But <laughs> yeah. but Ed was really professional. I thought that I thought that I thought that uh, there's a lot of guys that really get a bad taste in their mouth for certain people in in the game. I know that you know Ed could have really got on there and, and and said some bad things, but he it just it sounded like a guy who understands that it's business and and now there's going to be an opportunity to get some free rider gear and, and probably some free 22 fresh stuff. Oh, it's the stuff the pros wear, not just the stuff you and I get at the store, Zinger. That's the, that's the stuff the pros <laughs> Can I wear. I have his helmet? I want his helmet. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Five seasons in green, that 10 interception season in 2017. It was, it was great. It was totally an aberration, but it was fantastic. Three interceptions in three other seasons, uh, two in 2019. TSN, when they did their all-time teams list, they had Ed Ganey on as an all-time Riders defensive back. He has moved on. I am – I don't know how, how far we went down this road, Luke, but I, I, don't, I don't know anything going on behind the scenes. Let's preface it with that. I don't know what's happening in the locker room. I don't know what kind of guy each one was in the locker room. Just setting that out there. I, I, I would have had Luchez Purifoy back. If I of those of those three guys we talked Marshall Ganey Purifoy I I would have had Purifoy back am I am I out to lunch on that No I agree I agree right and, and here's the thing though um, they might have agreed with you right if you asked Jo and and Craig Dickinson they might have said yeah absolutely we were trying to get Purifoy back and and then they might have just said it it was just you know too expensive but that was the problem that's why right when we were talking about free agency. Um, when we were talking about free agency and, and, and the riders being influencers and being able to make some noise in free agency, um, it was because you started seeing that with guys who leave, especially from the core, mm. there should be some money around. Right. And, it, and, 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 and one would hope, I think that you didn't, you didn't spend the majority of the money on, on two linebackers when there were some other holes on the, in the organization and, and on the depth chart. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it all comes together once training cap rolls around. Jeremy O'Day, when he was on with us earlier this week, said, we feel like there are guys in-house already who can fill in Ed's spot at that boundary halfback. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know who he believe, if he believes that's Webb that can slide over into there or if there's there's somebody else that he's thinking of. Um, I at you know what, though? The nice part about it is, guys, is that I know that, you know, for instance, let's take the O-line argument, right? People are so concerned about the O-line. 
You know, I, I think that the one thing that, that, that was good that happened on the O-line last year was, no, it wasn't, it wasn't where you'd want it to be. Um, but the good thing is you've you got some guys, some invaluable experience, right? Like Logan Furland um, last year, if, if everything had worked out the way it did in training camp, the way the riders would have wanted to wrote Logan Furland might've been a practice roster guy, right? Yeah. He might've been a guy that was maybe on the depth. Um, he wouldn't have been a guy starting. And, and that's one of the things I think that, you know, that's why I said it'd be really interesting to sort of sit in there and listen to what the coaching staff thinks of the existing team. Um, and they might just have said like, look, there's a ton of potential that we want to see here. You know, um, uh, how do we go about extracting some of that potential? And, and again, I, I think that they've got the right coaches in there. So um, I'd love to feel a little bit, a little bit better about the current situation. Like I'd love to be here saying, man, like we were right up there with Ottawa. We were right up, right. Like with Edmonton, we're right up there with the influence and free agency. And I can't say that right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, you, you, you know, I think Ryder nation is okay to be a little bit anxious. I see a lot of grades that are coming out on the, on the fan sites and things that are low grades and, and I'm okay with that. Right. That's, 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 uh, that's where I think that, you know, we really need, to get that next step from a lot of these guys. And we got to remember guys that football is about opportunities that people get and also the next step that people are able to take. So that's one thing that, 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 that there is to look forward is now we're going to see that there is an opportunity for some of these guys to take the next step. It's going to be on coaching and on them to see whether they do, but if they don't, the riders could be in trouble this year. They got the number two free agent in my book in Duke Williams to re-sign, so that's that's a nice one. Caleros, number one, just it's quarterback yeah. thing. But they got the number two free agent in the CFL back in the team. Uh, that one works for me. Before I let you go, uh, give me your take on Sunday's Super Bowl. Rams a four-point favorite. Yeah, I got I got the Bengals, man. Yes. I got the Bengals to uh, to maybe even win. I got them to definitely to cover the four points. But yeah, I got the Bengals. You know what's tough though, DT? Like, first of all, I want both teams to lose because I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Second of all, though, like both these teams, like they're so likable. Like, it's, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like you, you can't really root against these guys. Like every team, both these teams have guys. You're like, man, I want him to win a championship. So um, it's going to be great though. I think we're in for a really good game. And um, man, at the end of the day. <sighs> I'm not ready to commit fully to basketball. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be watching a lot of replays of the NFL and the Canadian Football League after this. Time. Let's get some overtimes in this Super Bowl. Let's do it that way. Uh, the <laughs> one thing, it. I don't know who's going to win, but I guarantee you Sean McVay will challenge the weirdest play and blow all his challenges and timeouts in spots where he shouldn't because that's been his MO so far in the playoffs. Luke, thank you. Well, I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've Hit put me. it out yet, but I'll be waiting on your Bodog, uh, uh, your Bodog um, um, prop bet thing because I'm, I'm interested and I, I got some money to spend, buddy. California love to be the first song I saw at seven and a half to one. Just saying the game's in California. There we go. Just saying Luke Mullender with us on the Western pizza hotline every Monday and Friday on the cage dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western pizza. Ask your local Western pizza location about our specials. It is five 30 TSN Sarah Orleski. Maybe we'll run that Andrew Harris story by her, but we'll, she'll give us her take on the Jets who take on the Dallas Stars tonight. Four very important games for the Jets coming up. Sarah Orleski in next on the cage.
5.33 on a Friday. The sports cage for Nelson Holmes. Update from the Tankard. Team Dunstone stole one in eight. They blanked nine. So Dunstone, seven, five leaders. Colton Flash with hammer in 10. The winner advances to the playoffs as that is the A final. Sarah Orleski, TSN, Winnipeg with us. How are you, ma'am? I did I'm doing very I'm doing very well, my friend. How are you? Not bad. I did it again. Like, okay, th- this is my problem, and please help me out with this, as you are a professional who has spoken on TV for a long time. I, I just default to calling everybody, every every man, sir. I interviewed Connor Bedard the other day. He's 16 years old. I called him sir. It's just my honorific for every guy I talk to. But I feel like when I talk to women, ma'am is just not the not the equivalent to what I'm going for. Ma'am can go very badly. It can. There's no doubt. Usually, ma'am, I would think would be reserved for someone quite a bit older. Yeah. Um, <laughs> than this, and I don't, I don't get called, ma'am, often. Yes, thankfully. Uh, a few times, though, I will say that during some of the halftime interviews that I've done before, um, some players, particularly uh, if they're young guys, maybe coming up from the south, that sort of thing, that they, yes, ma'am. During <laughs> during the halftime interviews, where I want to say I'm not old enough to be a ma'am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you, but do you, do you have anything on what I could use? Because I don't. There, every language is so loaded. Did we know that when we invented language that it'd oh, be that it'd be so no loaded? Uh, if you, uh, yeah, I don't know though. But don't you find it? So you defer to sir. And actually, I was talking with someone um, yesterday about. I was speaking at an event, and I was telling a story afterwards about just kind of the interesting um, relationship that you can see between fans and players and the way that some older men will defer in this case to hockey players Mm -hmm. and call them Mr. And how I find it really odd for it that I was at an event. And I mean, this was years ago now, because it was when the jets were first in their first couple of years back. Right. But I was, at one of their corporate events hosting it and i was speaking with zach bogosian and jacob truba stopped to the side and a fan who was there came up to speak to them and he's in a suit i believe he looks maybe mid 50s uh mr bogosian like, oh are you kidding 22 years old what are you calling him would you call other 22 year olds mr and it was just this complete deference to them and i found it i found it very odd and at the time, Zach goes, oh, I know I'm not Mr. Bogosian. Basically, the uh, classic, that's my dad. I, you can just call me Zach. Yeah. And, yeah. But language definitely is loaded. There's we, no doubt about it. We got to retire that, to, oh, that's my dad line. I hate that line because 50-year-old guys <laughs> will that. use that. And you're like, no, just no, just stop. You, <laughs> I, I, that's my dad. I'm Chuck. Like, just, just say, oh, just feel free to call just me say Chuck. I'm Chuck. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, before we dive into the Jets, I just want to get your your overall. Uh, Paul Friesen in the Winnipeg Sun had a terrific story uh, talking to Andrew Harris. Got his full take on it. Harris did the media rounds yesterday. What's your overall view of Andrew Harris? Uh, leaving, getting sent away, whatever it was, leaving the Bombers as a free agent? I think that when you look at the way that Andrew told his side to Paul Friesen, I mean, it, it's certainly not what you want to hear for somebody that is um, as important a piece in franchise history as Andrew Harris is. And you go, not only is he a 
my mind, obviously, a future Hall of Famer mm-hmm. for Canadian football. But what he has done for this organization since coming here and being a local product and coming back and his entire, you know, part of his big thing, obviously, when he signed with Winnipeg was that he was going to, he wanted to be one of those key pieces that brought the Grey Cup home to his hometown. And he was able to, to do that. And he was such a star. And so when you saw him or when you read the way that he described conversations going with the bombers at the end it's just it's I hate to see stuff like that happen and at times Andrew can certainly amongst fan bases not necessarily here in Winnipeg but across the league can be polarizing times but (laughs) I think that when you look at everything that he has done to hear that that's the way that it was apparently handled his way out that's You'd never like to hear something like that because I don't think that I don't think anyone's deserving of that. I certainly don't think someone that is of the importance of Andrew Harris should have been dealt with like that. Yeah, it's free agency is so hard. It's I I uh, I would never want to be a part of either side of that. That's why I I never tried to do anything with my life. Made it kind of easier to sit on the uh, <laughs> sit on the sidelines. We all good. Well, and look, it was just be uh, one other thing. I mean, if they wanted to move if they decided to move on from Andrew or they couldn't come to agreement. I mean, that's part of the business and it's the unfortunate part of it. But yeah, just when reading the, when reading the article, the way that he described the way that things went down, that to me is what would be the really unfortunate part of it. And you hope that, you know, bridges haven't been um, burned extent that because one day you would like to see them. Oh. Uh, retire as a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Yeah, he's he's going into the Ring of Honor there, right? Right, right next to I, oh, I, right next to Bob not? Irving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I already miss Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's true for for all of us. All right, uh, let's talk Jets and Stars tonight. They play tonight, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And these next four games are all in division. This is an enormous stretch for the Jets. It absolutely is. I, I mean, the, the what you said right there. I mean, six and nine and five and seven. It's just. It's so much hockey, and there's such key games, one of them being tonight, obviously, playing the Dallas Stars, not only because it's a divisional game, but because they are a team that Winnipeg is going to be in a fight with for one of those wild card spots that they need to climb over. I look at some of the teams, and if they're playing, when they're playing Nashville or they're playing Colorado, look at it and say, yep, those are very important games with the way that the season is right now for the Winnipeg Jets. It's so cliche, but every game is so important because mm-hmm. they can't afford to do it. But these four-point games in which they are against teams that they are fighting with for the spot, to me, are obviously that much more significant because you're not catching the top three teams in the Central Division. This is about going my mind for a wild card spot and Dallas is one of those teams that they're going to have to jump over to get there. Yeah. The abs on 70, the predators 60, the wild 59, the blues 57 are 12 points up on the jets. So now you're chasing down the Kings and the ducks and you got to get over the stars and Oh my God, they're 10 points and back. The Oilers, like you start, True, yeah. you start looking at all those and they've got Edmonton coming up and they've got two games over the next couple of weeks um, against Dallas. And, and so those are the ones even more so to me than all division ones of 
are important, but those ones in particular, when it's against teams that you're going to have to try to, or that you are going to have to be able to pass in order to get in, mm-hmm. those ones are huge. And they're coming off of a big win. I would argue one of the best games that we've seen them play this season. And we'll see whether or not they can continue building on it tonight. Cause that's been one of their biggest issues up to this point, DT is that you mm-hmm. see flashes of it. You just don't see it with consistency. Sarah Orleski, TSN, Winnipeg, with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Neil Pionk, there's news with those two guys? They are. They're back in the lineup tonight. I mean, sick. so they've been in COVID protocol, and Pierre-Luc Dubois was, was in protocol down in the States because he had stayed and had been in New York during the All-Star break, and then when he took his test to fly back into Canada, found out he was positive. So he's been down in the States which made it easier, I mean, regardless for him to be able to play in this game because he didn't have to worry about crossing borders. Um, and then Neil Pionk back in as well. So those are obviously two huge additions. Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's usually, would argue, centering your top line just with the way that he's been playing, mm-hmm. is going to start on the third line this evening. Um, but whether or not he stays there for long, remains to be seen and I think they just want with him not having uh, really skated more than once in the last nine or ten days they wanted to make sure that they kind of eased him back in in that respect but as soon as he gets going I expect him to be moved up because if there's one thing we've seen from Dave Lowry it's that he isn't afraid to move players around depending on who's going and who's not. Dubois this season, 18 goals, 15 assists for 33 points, second on the team behind Kyle Connor. I have to believe that uh, Dubois' performance this season, for Jets fans, they're getting a massive sigh of relief based on how he's played this season. Absolutely. Oh, and I mean, even more so if they're able to sign him to a long-term deal um, this summer, he'll be a restricted free agent, which is going to be key. I mean, that's, I think that we still haven't, told the whole story yet as to we're seeing the outcome yet to be able to judge exactly how that trade will have gone down but Mm -hmm. there that he is what the Winnipeg Jets envisioned I mean they wanted that 1-1-A center with Mark Shifley because the second line center had been an area for them that they had been trying to address for so many years we talked about it ad nauseum every trade deadline or every (laughs) July 1st waiting for going wow the Jets are still looking for a second line center so to be able to find someone that to me plays a style of game that we don't see elsewhere really on the Jets more of that prototypical power forward um, but they don't have that in the center position in which he also has that scoring touch Mm -hmm. and so for him to be able to in and bounce back from all of the challenges of last season to be able to make the impact that he has he's certainly he's uh, he's certainly become a fan he's certainly become a fan favorite here 18 goals career high is 27 from year number two uh and 40 games between uh the number he played that season that's that is just fantastic what are they what will they do you mentioned five and seven and just all these games are, are now piling up in this olympic break what do you i mean what do you expect to see from them will guys get breaks will will guys get rest will they Will they do more of this uh, thing they're doing with, with Dubois where they third line him and, and try to limit his ice time? Or are they just do they just have to go for it full bore because of where they sit? 
Well, I mean, it's such a fine line. So I think it's going mm. to be fascinating to see how is that the coaching staff manages all of this. And maybe if there are games in which you see not, I mean, you never want to say that any team is out of a game, but perhaps if they are, if it does look going into a third period that a game is out of hand for them, really one way or the other, I mean, or is it that maybe he does pull back on some of the minutes of ice time. And I think that'll be interesting to see because even when you look at the five and seven, well, they have two sets of back-to-backs. They play tomorrow in Nashville. They have uh, games next week. They play Minnesota here on Wednesday. They play against Seattle on Thursday. And so it's not just the sheer volume of it. Sometimes it's the way that it's condensed in there as well. So I think it'll be interesting because he, his marquee players, especially on the back end with all of the uh, players that they have had missing and the young players that they've had to have in, their veterans have really been eating up a lot of minutes. And it'll be uh, – so I'm fascinated to see exactly how it goes. But as you mentioned, that there isn't wiggle room really yeah. for them, right? So it's not as if – and in the NHL, to be honest, it's not as if you see anything like the NBA in which you have – you know, you're resting players more, you're easing up on them. It, you just don't see it as often in this league as you do in some of the others. Load management, Sarah. It's load, load. Oh, my favorite yeah. term, huh? Jeepers. Oh, the Kawhi term. <laughs> load management. I, I just, I don't know. Every anchor, I felt so ugly for anyone having to do those packs. Yeah. For Raptors packs when it was, and Kawhi Leonard out tonight again with load management <laughs> if if but, you if you could as a broadcaster which phrase would you fire into the sun first load management or upper body injury <laughs> well upper body injury because i don't usually cover sports with any sort of frequency that use load management they play in all of the games by and large yeah so so you don't have it to the same extent let's be honest i mean as much as i joke about the load management not wanting to say it when you come back with the title and you win the championship, I think every yeah. everybody was fine with the load management in the end. But um, upper body, oh. yeah, lower body, I'll get rid of those in a heartbeat. Um, and then just general cliches. You want to go hockey? I mean, there is there anyone more than we got to play a full 60 minutes? Oh, Thank you. Golly. It's fantastic. Oh, you, you don't get to stop at 5830 and just go home? Okay, cool. Uh, sometimes sometimes it, it appears that they do. <laughs> yeah, it really. But, yeah, upper body injury. When a guy gets hit into the boards from behind and his brain actually leaks out of his ear and an eyeball's popped out, like, oh, yeah, he, he may not return with an upper body injury. We saw his brain. But, we know what it is. You know, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I love, so I'll – I'll take this back to football for a second because this is always one of my biggest beefs with uh, teams. Yeah. Obviously, the lack of information. And just let us know. I mean, if a player isn't coming back or a player suffered a significant injury or that sort of thing, why does there have to be this sort of secrecy? And I remember someone saying to me, and this was years ago now, they no longer work in the league, but I remember someone saying to me, well, our team just wants to win. And I said, okay, that's great, because apparently no other team does. But Wally Buono was winning as coach in CFL history, and there was no team that was better at injury updates, in my experience, than the BC Lions when Wally was there. Oh. There would be times that players hadn't even gotten off the field yet, and if it was a significant injury, I would have at the time, um, their, the person that did their PR at the time, who was fantastic, at, would come over right away. Did you hear? 
Do you know what it is? Okay, it's this, this, and this. And I just think that a little bit more transparency. It's one thing I I appreciate if the player's coming back into the game, but um, I mean, yeah. if the player's out, does it really, how does it impact yeah. what's going on? If it's very clearly, if the bone is sticking out of his lower leg, uh, Zigger, who was that Louisville basketball player? Kevin. Oh, Kevin Ware. It, when Kevin Ware's bone is sticking out of his sock, you can just tell us that he's done for the game with a broken <laughs> leg. That's that's all I ask. I don't, I don't need the well questionable to return. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, yeah. sure. That's another favorite one. Oh. The guy that's in sweats right now on the sidelines is he questionable to return? <laughs> okay, that's a whole. I could go on a whole half hour event. That's one of my biggest pet peeves when dealing with it. Um, and one of my, again, my biggest arguments, whether it be with um, PR staffs or with the athletic trainers about um, information that I think is is okay to divulge. Oh, we, we definitely then need to do this because there are some that with that broadcasters use that drive me ballistic. <laughs> he beat the goalie but hit the post. I'm like, well, that's not a thing. It's not his job to, <laughs> to keep pucks from hitting the post. Hellebuck's supposed to stop pucks from going in the goal. But he didn't beat him and then hit the post because what does Hellebuck care? He beat him, but it went over the glass. Well, you're not going to do that, so stop it. There's there's many of those. We're going to have to put our heads together in a segment and do that. I love it. Uh, Sarah Oleski, thank you, buddy. Thanks for being with us on a, uh, on a game day and go Jets go. I always love being on. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. Sarah Orleski, TSN with us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. 551 will go deep on the Super Bowl halftime show with Devo from Play 92. That's at 605 on the cage. Five fifty-three with the sports ticker. Just waiting on uh, an update in the tenth end between Flash and Dunstone. Uh, Dunstone holds a seven-to-five lead right now, DT, and it looks like a little bit of a delay on the website. The sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Seven eight one twenty ninety. Yeah, they, oh, uh, maybe they posted the full video. Video. This is Dyson Burnout. Uh, come on now. Yeah, it's Come frustrating. On, I'm just trying to enjoy the box score here. And it's, oh, that's draw number one. We don't need draw, no draw number yeah. one. We want most recent draw because we want to know who is going to the playoff. Uh, Flash Dunstone still after nine. All right. Maybe they're having a little bit of a, you know, sports drink break. Oh, there you go. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe they're just having a couple beverages. Okay, now I've got a bunch of statistics. That's not very helpful. Uh, from the Olympics... Moose Jaw's finest, Graham Fish, at his first ever Olympics in the 10,000-meter speed skating, finished sixth. Pretty impressive. Very well. Yeah, very well. Very happy to see that. Sixth in your first Olympics at the age of, what, 24? That'll do. Yeah. The former world record holder. uh, I just, I'd be deliriously happy. You want a medal. Mm -hmm. It's an arbitrary cutoff at three medals. But to finish, to go to your first Olympics, to finish sixth when... You know, from reading reports, you weren't feeling your best because you had COVID a couple months ago. Yeah, that's a great first Olympics. And even sometimes when athletes get the medals, they're not happy with it. I saw some news that Regina's Mark McMorris, he was not pleased with uh, 
the judging for uh, what's the event called? The slope style. Slope style. Yeah. He was not pleased. Three won bronze for the third straight Olympics. Yeah, yeah. he was not pleased with the the judging in that. Oh, that that French judge from the figure skating a few years ago got on the panel somehow. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, so they've got some of that floating around right now, and and apparently I think it's. I think he has a case because I don't know snowboarding, but apparently the guy that won gold, uh, he like grabbed his knees a couple times when he shouldn't have grabbed his knees, but the judges, they didn't uh, see it, and they kind of basically confirmed afterwards that they kind of blew it. Because, oh. So it's it's kind of like that scenario. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm Like I said, I'm no snowboarding expert, but yeah. we've got some controversy going on. What would an Olympics be without some controversy? Right. Can you, uh, yeah, well, I, I could deal with an Olympics without uh, Russian athletes doping. That'd be super because, well, they're not really Russian athletes, right? They're ROC athletes because massive doping scandal in the 2018 Olympics. Wow. Well, you yeah. know what we're going to do? We're going to cut a little mouse hole in and we're going to pass in clean urine through this and thus try to avoid all the doping controls. Oh, it's we crazy. got busted and now we can't represent them as Russia? Oh, it's crazy. Oh, and, oh, and more athletes got caught doping. Oh, <laughs> okay. What is the IOC just the worst organization? Like, period. Yeah, them I'm, and them and probably to... worse than FIFA. FIFA's up there though. They are both really quite corrupt. But I, well, someone said to me, why don't they ban Russia from the Olympics? Well, you could. They're on their way there. I mean, they're not even called Russia anymore. What is it, the ROC? They yeah. they don't even have their flag or nothing. Yeah, but if you if you ban Russia from the Olympics, right, you hurt all those athletes. So is that the best way? But then, I mean, this whatever they tried to do this year clearly didn't work because, hey, more are doping. And you would be on your way to kind of like killing sports in the country of Russia too. A lot of those sports, a lot of people wouldn't – care to play i'm not talking like yeah. hockey but like some of the the smaller events like the skiing and snowboarding and you know all those yeah what would be the point of a young person wanting to do that if they can't go to the olympics right whereas something like ncaa football if if an or if a, a team a college is goofing around too much cut them off because those kids can go somewhere else to, yeah for their scholarships but if you're a russian you you not going to Ukraine to represent them in the Olympics because <laughs> probably not. I don't well, think they're friends. I was training for the men's 500 meters, and then a tank rolled over me. Like that, that ain't. Yeah. It's it's such a tricky one, but just the the layers of corruption and money and everything's about the money. And oh, hey, by the way, here's a here's two chicken bones and a glass of water, and that's your that's your dinner because mm, you're an chicken. elite athlete. Yeah, <laughs> not even the good stuff. <laughs> just the bones. Five fifty eight. Just the flats for Zinger. Drums for this guy. We'll get Devo's take on it. Plus, we're going to talk all about the halftime show. Devo's got a little history of the halftime show. What's the first song going to be? Who's the big star of this fivesome going to be? It's all coming up. The Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Eminem, gotta have this. This tune has gotta play at the Super Bowl tomorrow. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous. Ah, it's nothing better than driving home. You get just outside. The, you get just outside the city. You just get past like Costco, 
And I'm just you start rapping to yourself just in the start car. Start spitting. Ah, just start <laughs> dropping rhymes like it is. It is terrific. Is Emin- the volume gonna be volume gonna be up on uh, your TV on Sunday? Oh yeah, like absolutely. Show. It's gonna be blasted. Oh, it's gonna be great. That is a that is a fantastic crew for the halftime show. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop. Of course, I call him Snoop because I, I know him from his Mary- Martha Stewart show. Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. All taking part in the halftime show has become the entertainment spectacularo. And to, to talk about it with us, we've got Debo in from Play 92. What he, up? he knows his music. Uh, super. I, think, I think I do. I mean, you, I guess we'll see. You better. <laughs> if you're going to do a show opposite mine, you better have some good content here at the company. The, the Super Bowl halftime show, it feels like it's just the biggest performance on an annual basis in the world, honestly. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, it's obviously it's on the biggest stage, and and but this one has particularly, I feel, has a bigger buzz than previous years. Okay, like have are, have you felt? Are you feeling this buzz compared oh. to like the big ones like Paul McCartney or the Stones or like Maroon Five last <laughs> was it last year? Uh, People were kind of sarcastic about that one. Yeah, twenty nineteen Maroon Five. Oh, was, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Last year was the weekend. Excuse me. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Yeah, that one. That one was a little had a little buzz for me. It might have been because I was flying that day, but it, we really had to. I feel the think. buzz. I feel the buzz because um, I'm like a fan of these artists. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bruno Mars held it for me, but that's more that's more a personal thing than anything else. This um, maybe Madonna or Lady yeah. Gaga. As Lady, I call Lady her. Gaga. Yeah, and, well, they released a trailer for this Super Bowl halftime show three weeks ago. It it already has 14 million views on YouTube. So that nice. started the ball rolling a few weeks ago. And uh, now people are still talking about it. Uh, I personally think that it, it's, it's, it's history. It's a historical event that we're going to be seeing because the Super Bowl halftime show has never fully focused on the genre of hip-hop and most specifically rap. So we've seen flashes in the pan here and there in early 2000s with Nelly, and then some are going to argue that Black Eyed Peas, okay, they did it, yeah, they rap. But but no, that that might be a little more poppy hip-hop, but this is pure rap. And another thing that I love about this is that uh, speaking about like the history, it, it's kind of like a, a history class on the genre of rap. Like if oh, I had yeah. if I had a kid or whatever, I'd be like, "Look, you want to find out what rap's about over the last thirty years? Watch I- this." You have the godfather of rap, which is Dr. Dre, who came out and, and really was a forefather of rap in the late 80s, early 90s. NWA, right? Yeah. Exactly. He hooked up with Snoop. So that's the older generation. Then you have the greatest, arguably the greatest rapper of all time in Eminem, who busted out in the late 90s, early 2000s. Then yeah. you have the next generation with Kendrick. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's huge. Well, and, and just as you go through some of these... There, they're all great artists. There's a lot of white people, honestly, as you go through the history of the of the Super Bowl, right? Uh, Paul McCartney, Rolling Stones, Prince. Okay, people people were were frothing for Prince. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Bruce Springsteen, la la. We're we're now embra- I mean, this is embracing, and it's a very deliberate attempt to embrace uh, a different a different crew. I have to ask though, 
Uh, Snoop made the news today, which makes me wonder, yeah. is he actually going to be at the Super Bowl on Sunday? If you could, tell us the news and if you think he's going to be there on Sunday. Well, Snoop Dogg was charged for uh, sexual assault and battery, I believe. Sued for it, yeah. Yeah, sued on, on a Wednesday night. They went to mediation before this came out, and, uh, well, Snoop was like, nah, you ain't getting my money. And uh, this is a, <laughs> an incident that allegedly uh, happened nine years ago. And so, so you have to think that it's kind of it, is hap it happened nine years ago, but it, it it's strategically you know comes out three days, four days before the Super Bowl halftime show to to kind of you know put some pressure on the guy. So look, yeah. I don't know. Did anything happen? Yes or no? It, that's not even the argument. But as of now, from what I hear, yes, he's gonna be there. And just imagine though, imagine like the headache it would have been, or it could be if they pull Snoop out because it yeah. takes it's weeks and weeks of rehearsal this halftime show. I mean, these guys are out there. They're they're mixing the songs together, they're figuring out a track li list. It's a science almost to pull a major part of it out 3 days before they have to redo the entire show. It'd be such a headache. So, look, we know how things happen if crimes are committed or whatever, you know. Yeah. Let's just wait till after. Let's just not talk about it. And so, I don't know if that's what they're doing, but Strate strategically dropped by by an attorney. Let's, let's yeah yeah. Let's nobody kid ourselves as to what's going on. There may that's no comment on whether it has merit or not. It may well have merit, but it's very very clearly waited for uh, today. Devo from Play ninety two with us. I was going to say on the Western Pizza Hotline, but live in studio, <laughs> hey, having hey, people live in studio live. is is incredible. You Le legally, I'm here legally. I'm allowed. We work in the same place, right? Right. It's not like <laughs> exactly. You've been even for your own show compiling some uh, Super Bowl related halftime show information nuggets. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I, I've got a, I've got a lot of stuff. And like Zinger said, you know, we grew up with Eminem. I know everything about the guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I've got. Uh, let me pull out one trivia question for you guys. Uh, with, within these five artists at the Super Bowl halftime show this year, uh, I believe uh, combined together they have forty-five Grammys. Okay. Okay. One of them has none. Which one is it? Who has no? Who Grammys? has no Grammys? Got Eminem, Kendrick, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige. Kendrick. Kendrick. That is actually incorrect. And to your surprise. Snoop, then. It's Snoop. Snoop. Okay. Oh, yeah, Snoop Dogg. Because oh. Dre, Dre must have a yeah, zillion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so just to give you an idea, uh, Eminem has 15. Yeah. Dr. Dre has seven. That's it. Wow. Uh, I'm surprised yep. at that, actually. Mary J. Blige has nine. Okay. Now, this is going to surprise you. Kendrick Lamar has 13. He's been racking them up over the last five, six, seven years. I mean, I must have been that, sleeping or something. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, look, we have. That's why he's there. He really yeah. is the next gen. He, well, the now gen, I yeah. guess. Uh, so well, he's got a Pulitzer Prize for crying out loud, Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, he yeah. has a Pulitzer Prize for music. I have to buy this album, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. He's got, I mean, he's got loyalty, royalty inside his DNA. I guess <laughs> he's he's really good, but he, he's the guy that I felt okay. Well, I kind of got to catch up to. So, I mean, but these are all artists that I'm I'm presuming like Dre's worked with Eminem, Dre's worked with Snoop. I'm assuming Dre has kind of worked with everybody in this crew. Is that why? Well, that's another thing that makes this show even more interesting because in the past we've had a lot of combos. Right, like, like a few years ago, Bruno Mars with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What do those two have in common? Look, I don't, I don't really know. Right, yeah. Shakira, J Lo, pretty much the same artist. You know what I mean? Like, but with this combo, uh, you have Eminem, who is Dr. Dre's protege. You have Snoop Dogg, who is Dre's best friend, 
practically. Yeah. Uh, you have Mary J. Blige, who her big hit. You know, her, what's her big hit? You guys know? Family That's another. It's with, it's with Dr. Dre, right? Family Affair, produced, the B produced by Dr. Dre. Okay. So yeah. there's. There's a lot of uh, intertwining happening here yeah. within those five artists. They're all good friends. They've all worked together in the past. Uh, if we if we look at Snoop Dogg, like what are his big hits? They pretty much all involve Dr. Dre. Still, okay, nothing but a G thing on the uh, 2001 album, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Look at us nerd out on yeah. rap. I, I'm just stuck on gin and juice because that's all I got. But that's... <laughs> We've got Eminem with, uh, and Dre. Obviously, uh, their partnership, I Forgot About Dre, was a big hit yeah. that we might hear. Oh, that uh, one's uh, got to. What are the must-play songs? Uh, Forgot About Dre has got to be in there, right? Well, yeah. yeah. California Love has to be in this set because well, it's in California for crying out loud. Still Dre. Yeah. Uh, next episode. Yeah, next episode. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Zinger. Uh, now, you're talking about California. Yeah, you're talking about who who comes from California. Uh, three out of those five artists do. Who are they? Dr. Dre, Mary J. Nope. No. Okay. Kendrick. So, so not Lin Kendrick. Compton. So not Mary J. and Eminem then, because Eminem is from Detroit. Yeah, Eminem yeah. and and uh, and uh, Eminem's from Detroit. Uh, Mary J.'s from New York. Okay. And then Dre Snoop. Dre Snoop and, Lam and Kendrick and, Lamar. Yeah, okay. our California. One uh, California one of, love. Who who who's that song by? Tupac. That's Tupac with Dr. Dre. Yeah. Now one of the surprises. This is the rumor I heard. I don't know. Look, is it going to happen? I don't know. They're going to bust it out. I love it. Tupac hologram. Tupac hologram. Can the crowd you, would go wild. Can you imagine? It is absolutely black in the stadium. Wow. The, st the stage comes running out, some little lights. People had their camera phone lights on, and all of a sudden, just poof. Got goosebumps. The first thing up in absolute black would be the Tupac Shakur hologram. California love. Oh, my God. And, and That's the, exactly how it needs to start. Exactly. It's not like it's far-fetched because they did it in 2012 yeah. at Coachella. It was yeah. Dr. Dre and Snoop with the Pac hologram. Why not bring it back tw uh, exactly 10 years later in California? And this is the highest of high-tech stadiums, yeah. right, in the world. Like, this is oh, yeah. a $5 billion brand-new stadium with in With the LA. world watching, too, not the, not the world... The whole world wasn't watching Coachella. Like this is the time to bring no, it out. No, but everybody kind of saw that video, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, this that would be unbelievable, and that's it. Just got to happen. Other uh, rumors. That way. Fifty Cent. I heard uh, maybe okay. Fifty Cent's gonna show up. Like who knows? But yeah. I've been patiently waiting for the track. That's one song. <laughs> hey, man, Eminem. <laughs> you find me in the club, full of bud. Um, this the Super Bowl halftime show. It's really kind of evolved. In my lifetime, and, and I was digging back earlier into this. We talked to Devo from Play 92. How it used to be just, when you think of it now, it used to be really, really quite lame. Like, it was marching bands. Yeah. And I told Zinger the story earlier. I was reading in, that in 92, it was Gloria Estefan and a bunch of figure skaters. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And Fox had had enough of that and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put in living color. We're going to do a, whatever, 20-minute episode opposite the Super Bowl halftime show. And they drew something like 29 million people to watch in living color, which had to be their biggest ratings ever. <laughs> Probably, and then, yeah. yeah. and then the Super Bowl goes, oh, okay, well, we need to fix this up. Boom, Michael Jackson is the next year, and everything has changed forever. Like, this is... The, this, the Grey Cup tries to replicate it, but we're, only, we're limited with the artists we have in Canada. This is like this is the the touchstone for artists, right? You were telling me they actually don't get paid for this. No, they don't. No, no, they That's don't. That's unbelievable. Look, These the, five artists 
who are multi-millionaires who have sold hundreds of millions of records between them are doing this for free? Well, look, okay, the production, obviously, all the, everything around the production is paid for uh, yeah. by, by the league. That's, that's all right. But the thing is, the sales just skyrocket. They get paid, essentially, off the sales they make following the Super Bowl halftime show. If I'm looking at statistics here that I read online, uh, just, Justin Timberlake sales went up 534% following that. Lady Gaga's digital sales went up a thousand percent. So we're talking about not only short-term gains here, but you know, uh, of sales, but yeah. we're talking long-term gains because you look at a guy like The Weeknd or whatever. Do you think he's going to sell more tickets for the after, after for the next ten years? Uh, yeah. If you know, like everyone's like, okay, that's what it shows. Like it's like a, a teaser for what you are and what you sound like live. So walking through a lot of lighted hallways. What's happening here? There's <laughs> in this show. But and, but he spent a bunch of his own money, right? Was that yeah. the story from last time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just before I get into that. Yeah. Trivia. How much does a Super Bowl halftime show cost to produce? You think? Singer, you go first, and I'll prices right you here. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Ten million. You don't have to pay the artists, so I'm gonna go. Eight point one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Zinger on that one. It's uh, it, essentially it's about a million a minute. It's a 12-minute show. It's oh my between, gosh! It's between 10 and 12 million. Uh, now this is this is what they say uh, the the J Lo and Shakira show cost uh we don't know how much this one's going to cost this year but it, it's about that now with the weekend last year the weekend said no 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 that that's not enough i need more if i want to get this show going i need a little bit more money they said no 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 so the weekend actually spent seven million of his own dollars uh last year to add the extra but let's be honest that's that's, that's chump chump change for the guy that's right the record company's it, it, money yeah but too but i mean he if you're up 500% or 1,000% on yep. your digital downloads, yep. that's all coming back. Because how many times, like, you play Coachella. I don't know. What is that? 50,000 people see? I don't know how many are Coachella. Yeah. You, you play the biggest stadium in America, and who, who would? 110,000 people would see you. This is yep. this is 100 million people the effects. seeing you for 12 yep. minutes. Every... every if, if your wife, if your husband doesn't love football, they're coming down for the halftime show. Well, exactly, and that's why um, traditionally, I guess, in the last few years, we've seen a lot of pop acts like JLo, Shakira, Gaga, Katy Perry uh, perform at the halftime show because the, the the NFL knows they already have the male demographic watching the game. Yep. They, they don't need any more males because they already got them. But they get the females with the JLos, with the Shakira, you know, with, with that. Katy guy. Perry. Katy Perry, exactly. So the females watch. Uh, so it's just a huge event. Now, with this halftime show, which I believe is why the buzz is even more, is because uh, not only do females love all, like, Eminem and whatever, but the guys, the guys are going to love this. This is almost a show for the guys as much as it is, as it is for, 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 for the ladies. Yeah. It's, and so the, the, the guys that used to go out for a smoke or whatever or, you know, make an extra plate of nachos during the halftime show, they're going to be glued. Their eyes are going to be glued to the TV. That's for sure. Yeah. Zinger of the five, whose are you most looking forward to seeing? Oh, M. Yeah. There's no doubt. It has to be M. Yeah, I, I didn't, know it has to be M. I didn't buy his, his latest album or I, have, I don't know that I've heard it on one of the downloads, but... Uh, like, music like, to be murdered by that that one yeah. like, was something that it? Like that. yeah, yeah so. I, like, there's a couple decent ones but uh yeah it has to be m you don't see like m i don't think it's been on 
on tour for a while. He yeah. doesn't. You know, you never see the guy. I mean, Snoop, you see him. You see him everywhere. Well, so he has with to be Martha Stewart. Yeah, uh, pimping. Uh, what is it? Uh, bottled or soda water? You can make at your house. Like, he he was at the UFC events. He's commentating right. wrestling. He's doing everything. So it's like it's it has to be Dr. Dre and M. I'm those two. Probably. Plus, does Kendrick Lamar have a song that doesn't have massive amounts of the F word or the N word in it? Like that's, well, that's what I'm waiting to see how they're going to clean that up. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but there's going to be two extra people on the stage on uh, on Sunday, uh, apart from those five. You didn't hear about this? So like the le- stuntmen? No, they're going to have they're, they, they're inviting two deaf rappers on the stage. Yeah, Sean Forbes and uh, the other guy's name is Warren Wawa Snipe. They are deaf rappers. They're going to be signing. They're going to be translating Come the songs on. in sign language uh, on the stage. And that's to obviously uh, make everything more inclusive. And these <laughs> guys you are... That? You can no, find these I guys can't. on YouTube. I, but that's, that's the thing. one I know. I'm like, are, are they going to blur out their hands or something when the bad words show up? <laughs> Was it... Uh, Stephen Colbert had Marley Matlin on a show a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And she's like, would they, would they bleep out if I swore? And Steve was like, I have no idea. Try and it. They, they absolutely did. She <laughs> did whatever the, the sign for, I forget what the word was. But, oh, yeah, they blurted out. So, yeah, that's that's coming. Uh, will will Eminem get bleeped as a prop bet that's out there? I'm I'm assuming someone now will get the, will the, will the uh, sign language oh. interpreter get bleeped out what's the first song going to be because that's the big prop wager around well that and what color will snoop's shoes be and for some reason <laughs> ian mcmillan said blue i don't know why if that's a thing but what what's the first song going to be i'll go to you zinger first uh are you joining me on california love yeah i, I was originally on team forgot about dre but i think that's one you leave little later on and bring like maybe Eminem onto the stage halfway through the show because you want to get that crowd you know amped up when M shows up halfway through it right that's kind of what you want California love probably is a safe bet to me Dre is the tie that binds everybody together so he's gonna be on stage the whole time California love next episode forgot about Dre humble nothing but a G thing drones Godzilla who am I some of these I have no idea what they are drop it like it's hot Snoop, yeah. That that's a that's a good tune for when he comes on, but he's not to me, he's not coming on first. No. He's too cool to be the first guy out, right? He's the last guy that arrives to the party. Yeah. So maybe not in this case, but maybe he's third. But what's what would be your wager for what's the first Good Good Morning Gorgeous is apparently one of their songs. <laughs> Deep cover, gin and juice. Well, before I I heard uh the California love theory, uh, which is great. I, and I would a, put my money on that. Before that, yeah. though, I was going with um, Lose Yourself by Eminem because it's the biggest hit that's going to be sang on that stage that night. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and I was like, hey, you, they, you've got to either open or close with a big one from M because, you, you you know, your first impression is your last impression. But then again, you want to close it off on a on a high note. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I feel like. With- I feel like that's one where you transition from another song and you, and he comes in with the lose yourself yeah. and the muse and the whole yeah. crowd can start going to it and then he can drop one of the one of the uh, the verses and then transition into someone else's song and we get I don't know 
10 11 cuts between the the five of them it's going to be but that's amazing. it's it's insane because it's a 12 minute show they're five uh it, let's say you divide that up equally what is that two and a half minutes each that's not that won't happen because yeah. you know that mary j is going to have 45 seconds to a minute max and then you're going to give a bigger piece of the pie to, to m&m that's for sure but there's just so many hits that oh man the headache they must have had yeah. <laughs> wrestling out which ones they're gonna oh it's gonna be fantastic uh that is the Super Bowl halftime show Sunday, 5.30 is the kickoff. Uh, we will all be watching. We will all be paying attention. No bathroom breaks until oh, once, yeah. once those five hit the stage for us. Devo, thank you, brother. Great oh, to yeah. have you with Anytime. us. Thanks, bro. Devo, afternoons play 92. 6.24, final thoughts coming up. Oftentimes, you know what? I may just have to put on the closed captioning so I learn what some of the lyrics are because a lot of them I just don't know. The Super Bowl halftime show is going to be great. Thanks to Devo. His uh, first appearance with us here on the cage. Pat's hockey. Need a win tonight. Taking on the Calgary Hitman DT. Six straight losses for the Pats, though Connor Bedard is on fire. Yeah, it was against the Hitman on Sunday when uh, Bedard scored that snazzy goal when the Pats lost 5-4 in overtime. So it's a little bit of redemption in store tonight, DT. Yeah, Connor was with us on Wednesday Yep, talking about that goal. Like today's show, you can go back and listen to it on demand for our friends at the Canadian Brew House. 6.35 will be Dante DiCaria with the pregame show. 0-3 on the road trip through Alberta. Yeah, but now Calgary's got to come here yep. and deal with us. Yep. So flipping. they're in the middle of their Saskatchewan road trip right now, Calgary. So yeah, flipping the script on the uh, Calgary Hitmen. Seven o'clock will be puck drop. Uh, Dante with us as always for our games. Uh, Bengals or Rams Sunday at five thirty. Who you got? Uh, I, the Rams are going to win, but I want the Bengals to win. So I'm going to say the Rams are going to win the game, t- twenty-seven to twenty-one. Final score. Mark it down and if. If it comes true, then praise me. If it doesn't, then hey, we'll forget about it. Two interceptions for Matthew Stafford. Two touchdowns for Jamar Chase in a Bengals win. And one of those safeties takes away those two interceptions and wins the MVP. Ooh. And I make it rain. <laughs> oh. It's going to rain Schweppes ginger ale here <laughs> on Monday if that's the case. Nice. Right? I like where this is going. I know how to appeal to my audience here in the <laughs> studio. Uh, thank you so much for being with us this, this week. Free Agent Week in the CFL has been a ton of fun. The Riders get the biggest non-quarterback signing in my mind, so that is Great news for them going forward. Still some holes. So that uh, gives us stuff to talk about for the next few months, which I am overjoyed with. Uh, Appreciate you. Have a great night. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be back with Suits and Luke on Monday to talk about it. Laura Dyken will join us as well. Sports Cage On Demand, as I mentioned. Please subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And stick around for Pat's Hockey 635 with Dante DiCaria.